baptizing people, huh? There's nothing like seeing people make a decision of faith like that. Ah, boy, that's awesome. Hey, what was the song that we just played? Anybody know? Oh, come on now. What was it? More than a feeling. Yeah, that is actually uh, the name of our next sermon series here. It's called More Than a Feeling. Who is the, the band that sings that? Anybody know? Oh, man, you guys got Wow, I'm impressed. First service couldn't do that. I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and the words to that song are definitely, definitely so true, isn't it? When it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ, right? After all, our faith should be always more than a feeling. And we should now dismiss into why. All the kids are now dismissed. <laughs> Have a great time, kiddos. Have a great one. <laughs> More than a feeling. And so today we start this new sermon series. And we're going to be studying the book of Colossians, okay? Studying the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And this is going to be over the next five weeks. And we're going to be looking at how the Apostle Paul teaches us some really important lessons in Christ to live by. But first up today, I want you to think with me here. I want you to think with me about some of the times in your life where maybe you experienced some of the most exhilarating feelings in your faith, okay? I'm talking about some type of a mountaintop experience that you had in your faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. Or think with me too, what was a kind of a low spot, you know? Maybe it was a, it was a deep valley that you had where... Things were just really, really rough, and you were having a hard time in your faith. You know, those are all kinds of different emotions that many times we go through in life, right? I was thinking about this of lots of different times of, of some of these Christian Mount Everest moments, you know. And I was thinking back to a time when I was, I was about Devin Hess's age, actually. I was, I was in college, and we went to this conference, and there was over 2,000 college students with crew, Campus Crusade. And I'm telling you what, I'll never forget, we, we listened to great Bible teachers, we prayed together, we, we ate together, we danced together, and we goofed off together. That's always a part of the college experience, you know. But I tell you what, it was a feeling with the Lord and with other believers in Christ that was just ultra, ultra uber exhilarating in many ways it was truly like being on the christian mount everest but then i'll never forget going back to ohio state and i remember a couple of days later hitting kind of a a spiritual wall just kind of a low in a lot of ways i remember i was surrounded by beer bashes everywhere and sexual stuff everywhere and mostly non-christian professors and and i thought man this is hard. I remember feeling like empty inside for a number of weeks that almost really led into months. And I was still trying. I was trying to, you know, read my Bible and I was trying to pray and go to church and go to crew. But then finally someone showed me something that changed my life. And I was already a, a believer in Christ, but they showed me something that was, that was pretty awesome. And it was a train, okay? Look at that train there. Yeah, Jason, you'd be proud of that train, right? Huh? It was, they showed me a train, and you might think, what in the world? They showed you a train? 
What, what's that mean? Here's the scoop. What they showed me was called the fact, faith, feeling train. And I've shared this with some of you in the past. And it's important, especially during these uncertain times that we've gone through over the past year, where everybody's emotions and feelings have been all over the map. You see, the engine of our lives has to be the facts of God's Word, right? It has to always be that driving force of our lives. It has to be the lead. It has to be the power source. And then the cargo car, that's our faith, which is always connected to the facts of God's Word. So wherever God's Word takes us, then our faith is connected and it follows right behind. And then lastly, the caboose is our feelings. And our feelings, they can be a, a wonderful thing, right? They can be a wonderful thing. They can sometimes be so high and so exciting. They can even help push our faith at different times, okay? However, they cannot and they should not ever take the place of the engine. If they do, then we got to look out big time. We've got to make sure that we, we look out because our faith will be all over the map. It'll be constant highs and lows. It'll be bigger than any roller coaster you've ever seen at Cedar Point. Because the caboose is trying to drive this train. And it's not going. It's going up and down all around these hills. It's not meant to drive the train of your life. We've got to look out then if we do that. Because our faith then is just going to rest upon ease, rest upon comfort of each situation. When times get tough, times get difficult, then our faith will begin to dissipate because it really wasn't maybe biblical faith. Maybe it was more of just an emotional feeling. And so when the feelings change, then our faith changes. You see, the bottom line is that none of our lives are meant to be pulled and directed by a caboose. The caboose may be fun to hang out in a while, but if you stay in it, your spiritual life is going to go nowhere, and that's going to affect your whole life as a whole. I remember when I was seven years old, we had a uh, party, my birthday party, in the Ronald McDonald caboose. <laughs> I mean, we had so much fun. I had like, I don't know, 15-something seven-year-olds. And we had the best time in this caboose. I mean, it was party hardy. It was a blast. So much fun. The emotions, the excitement. Eat, 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 eat. Until afterwards, you got sick, 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 sick. <laughs> but that caboose was, was good for a time period. But the caboose could not be something that should lead our lives, right? You couldn't live in the caboose. We had to eventually Go back home, right? We have to realize with our spiritual lives, that affects our whole life, doesn't it? So how do we not allow our lives to be so controlled by our feelings and instead be controlled by the Word of God? The Apostle Paul gives us a great deal of wisdom to answer this question all throughout the book of Colossians. You see, the uh, book of Colossians was written by Paul in approximately AD 60. And it's different than some of Paul's other letters in that he never actually had ministered in or even had visited the city of Colossae. 
like he had many of the other cities, like Ephesus and Philippi and Thessalonica. Evidently, the church in Colossae had been founded by a man named Epaphras. And he was a friend of Paul's, and he is referred to by Paul in Colossians 1.7 as a dear fellow servant, a faithful minister of Christ. Isn't that great? To be called a servant, that's one of the highest things. In essence, it comes from the Greek word doulos, where we get the word bond slave. Well, we are a slave unto Jesus Christ. Wow, nothing greater than that. That's Epaphras. The church flourished under Epaphras' ministry, and there were other Christian converts as well from Paul's different missionary travels. However, the church began to be infiltrated by religious relativism, with some believers trying to combine elements of paganism and secular philosophy with Christian doctrine. In essence, it had become known as a heresy. Okay? It was a heresy known as Gnosticism, which emphasized a special kind of knowledge and denied that Christ was God and Savior. And so throughout the letter, Paul confronts these false teachings and affirms the sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. He affirms the sufficiency and the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Also, the book of Colossians, you guys, is really a book about connections. See, Paul is writing the letter from a, a Roman prison. <laughs> Go figure that. He wrote a lot of his letters from prison. He was always being jailed for preaching the gospel. He was never afraid to preach the gospel. And what he's doing is he's stressing that the Christian life is so much more than just a feeling. Rather, it's a real, true, vibrant connection with Jesus Christ. Paul consistently stressed that only by being connected with Christ through faith can anyone have eternal life in Christ. And only through a continuing connection with him can anyone have power for living. A lot of times we want to have this power for living, but we're not connected to the power source. We've got to be connected to Jesus Christ, to the power of his Holy Spirit. That's what's going to help us to live the Christian life. Paul emphasized this connection to help us all see that any type of real power can only come from Christ. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 states, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So then Christ should always be the leader. And then the way that we make him the leader is through obedience and love. Love for him. Love for his word. Right? So turn to your word, please. Turn to God's word, to the book of Colossians chapter 1. 1 to 14, we're going to look at today. I promise you I won't read it too fast, but we got it on the screens as well, Colossians 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. 
the faith and love that springs from hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We ask God to continue to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people and the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. The first thing that I notice, and we'll go back a slide here. The first thing I want you to notice, Paul describes himself as what an apostle of Christ Jesus. We've stated before, that means he was a messenger, okay. He was an ambassador sent by God. And then Paul also declares his apostleship as God's will. And he's doing this to emphasize his authority and his appointment, especially since he was not one of the original 12. And then he begins to give thanks. He begins to, to pray for the church in Colossae. And then he begins to really thank the believers, even though he's never met them. Because he's heard of their faith in Christ. He's heard of the love that they have for all of God's people. And the great thing is, it's a faith. It's a love that springs from the hope of the gospel. Isn't that awesome? It's a faith and love springing from the hope. Paul hits on the, what I call the big three here, right? A lot of times in sports, people talk about the big three. When the Cavs got LeBron and they got Kyrie and they got Kevin Love, everybody said, well, we got the big three. And we ended up winning the national championship, or not the national, NBA championship. Here is the big three. It's faith. It's hope. It's love. It leaves this kind of knowledge out because the Gnostics in Colossae were all about attaining some kind of special knowledge of God in order to receive salvation. However, Paul wants to emphasize that it's not about what or how much we know. Instead, it's always about whom we know. It's about whom we know. And knowing Christ is knowing God. Because he says, I and the Father are one. Jesus declares that in John 10, 30. And then when we know Christ, the gospel begins to bear lots of fruit, doesn't it? And that fruit springs forth everywhere. It's a fruit of many new believers. It's the fruit of a deeper faith in the Lord. Not a shallow faith. A deeper faith in the Lord. And this good type of fruit, you guys, was happening. Not only in Colossae, but it was happening all over the world. It gets me thinking. It gets me thinking about how amazing where fruit can just kind of naturally occur when the right tree simply gets enough sunlight, gets enough water, right? For example, um, in my yard where I used to live, we had a pear tree right in the middle of the yard. I know what you're thinking. 
There was no partridge in the pear tree, okay? There was no partridge. At least we didn't see one anyway, okay? But there was a pear tree there. And let me tell you, this tree could really produce tons of pears, sort of like that, okay? And I'm talking some big old pears, lots of pears. In fact, people would at times come over to our house, they would just take a pear right from the tree. They didn't even bother washing it. Nobody died, so that was, that was good. <laughs> but it produced more pears again and again. You talk about fruit, you guys. Lots of fruit. That's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to be producing fruit, just like some of the people in Colossae were doing. But the key is getting the necessary water. And that water is the living water. It's the living water of Jesus Christ. It's getting enough sun, and it's the S-O-N, it's the sun, it's Jesus Christ within our lives. When we do that, when we're connected to the vine, when we abide in Jesus Christ, then we're able to produce the fruit. That fruit that's talked about is fruit that naturally begins to occur. You don't have to muster it. You don't have to force it. It happens because your love for Jesus is supreme. Your love for Jesus becomes so strong. The fruit that's talked about is really in Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit. <laughs> That's the fruit that God wants to develop in each and every one of our lives. If there's a, two verses that you can memorize, <laughs> those, are, those are the ones. Galatians 5, 22, 23. If you want to know if somebody really is a Christian, there should be some of that fruit. I'm not talking about perfection, but I am talking about there should be some fruit in your life. This fruit demonstrates whether we're a Christian or not. If we have little of this fruit or none of this fruit, can we honestly say we've been born again? you got to ask yourself that question. It's like me kind of saying, look at that great pear tree in my backyard, but there's never one pear on it. Is it a pear tree then? I don't know. How are we doing on bearing fruit in our lives? When our coworkers, our classmates, our friends, our acquaintances, our church family, our blood family sees our lives, what do they see? Do they see any fruit or do they see the opposite of those nine things that I just mentioned? What do they see when they hear us talk or when they read what we post online? Is it God honoring does it follow the truth of Scripture? Does it show love? Does it show joy? Does it show peace? Does it promote unity? Does it, does it cause divisiveness? Does it cause more pain? We have to ask ourselves, what kind of testimony are we demonstrating to believers and non-believers alike? We have to search our hearts, and we got to be honest. we got to ask the Lord, and also maybe ask someone that has a differing viewpoint a differing viewpoint than us. We may be pleasantly surprised. We may be shocked by their answer. But it leads to our first main point, which is we got to pray with thanksgiving 
and for fruit. We have to pray with thanksgiving and for fruit. That's what the Apostle Paul did in Colossians, you guys. The other night, Amy and I were uh, having a rough day, and I remember uh, we were talking about just all some of the hard things going on. And all of a sudden, I'll never forget, she starts saying, well, let's, let's start thinking about some of the things to be thankful for. And it was so good, because we just started listing some of those things, one after another after another. You come up with 77 things just like that to be thankful for, and not so focused on all of the, the frustrations that are out there today, but to be thankful, to be thankful for Jesus Christ. To be thankful for a great church, to be thankful for a great community, to be thankful for friends, to be thankful, and to pray for fruit, that that fruit of the Spirit would show forth from us as believers. You see, Paul was very thankful for all of the lives of the Colossians and for the fruit he observed. He saw that God was doing some, some great things in their lives, but he also noticed that there were some that had kind of strayed from the truth of God's word, and they were relying more on feelings than the facts of Jesus Christ. And that's the one thing we all have to remember is we have to make a decision about the facts of Jesus and then decide whether we're going to follow him or not. After all, every historian, even the most atheistic historians, cannot deny the facts that Jesus was a real person that he taught and did some extraordinary things, that he died on the cross by Roman execution, that he was buried in a tomb, and that his body disappeared, never to be found. So every person has to decide on their own accord based on the facts of Jesus. And basically it is, as C.S. Lewis stated, years ago in something known as the trilemma, and that is, we have to believe that Jesus is either, what, a liar because he claimed to be God and was purposely deceiving people, or I tell you what, he was a lunatic because he was crazy for believing that he was God, or he is indeed Lord. He is who he claimed to be. And if he is Lord, then are we going to follow him or not? And if we do decide to follow him, are we going to give 100% or are we just going to give 50%, 25% to the Lord? Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to give 100% to everything in life. So if I played a sport, I was diving on the basketball court, glasses flying all over the place. If I was in school, boom, I wanted to be an academic animal. I wanted just to go full steam 100%. When I came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I said, I don't want to go halfway. I don't want to go mamby-pamby. I want to go 100% full steam for Jesus Christ. I don't want to stand before God someday and give an account for my life and just say that I went halfway for Christ. I don't want you to stand before God someday. And you just gave the bare minimum in your faith in Christ. My hope, my prayer for you is that you'd want to give him all of you. 100% of your life to him. That you go full steam for him. We do it for so many other things. Good things sometimes. Full steam for sports, full steam for our kiddos, full steam for the, those are good. 
What about full steam for Jesus Christ? Where nothing's going to stop us from being able to show the love of the gospel of Christ to other people. Then we're going to do everything we possibly can to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Paul was trying to get this through to the Colossians. The supremacy of Christ. Christ wants to be supreme over all things. And then if you have Christ in common with someone, guess what? You have everything in common. Because everything else pales in comparison to Christ. Your sports teams, your hobbies, your restaurants, your political views, your views on the crazy virus all become much less because Christ is so much more. Christ is the one that is in charge. He is supreme. We've messed it all up, you guys. Christ is first. We've got to remember everything else should pale in comparison to Christ. Instead of shouting from the rooftops about the secondary things in life, my prayer, my prayer for you and for me, please, please let us shout for God. Let us shout with shouts of love. Let us shout with shouts of compassion and kindness. Be kind, merciful. Gracious to others. The word grace has been thrown out over this last 14 months. Isn't it great that God's amazing grace, how sweet the sound, saved a wretch like me? That grace is, is able to change any person, you guys. We have to walk in grace towards other people. It's not about a militant lifestyle. It's about love. It's about grace. That's what Christ's life is all about. Read the Gospels. Read about Jesus. Know Jesus. Know him. Experience him. This is the Jesus of the Bible. Don't fall prey to the Jesus that the world tries to throw all around. People need to know that Jesus loves them, forgives them, cleanses them, sets them free. Sets us free. <laughs> I'm so thankful he set me free. The second prayer that Paul prays in Colossians in verse 9, 10, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, throw wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. And that's the second thing. Pray for wisdom and a God-honoring life. Pray for it. That wisdom from the Spirit, it's from the Spirit. It's not a feeling of good vibes. I can't stand that. I've got good vibes. I wish you good vibes. What is that? We're not talking about vibes. We're talking about wisdom from the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to give us. That wisdom is knowing God's word and then applying it regularly. Regularly over time with experience. It's not easily attained, but it's freely offered by the Spirit to every believer as we walk intimately with the Lord over months, over years, over decades. That's God's desire. Man, the people that have walked with the Lord for decades, you talk about walk with the wise. Those are some saints of God. I count it such a privilege to have been discipled by some of those saints of God. Many of them have gone on to heaven now. But many that changed my life as a, as a young man because they were, they were wise. They had real spiritual wisdom. 
And then what pleases the Lord the most is when we spend time at Jesus' feet, right? Luke 10, 41, 42 says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, Jesus was rebuking Martha for being so distracted, worried about so many things in this life, while Mary was simply listening to the Lord. Listening to the Lord. Isn't that true today? We can live such distracted, worried, upset lives. I could be guilty of it just as much. But meanwhile, Jesus keeps saying, stop. Just stop. Look. Listen to me. Sit at my feet. Be still. Know that he is God. And let him fill your tank, right? Spend time with him. Fill your tank so that you can pour out. Stop running on empty all the time. You know, I was thinking about that this week. You had all these lines of cars down south trying to get gasoline, right? Whoo, so many people that were desperate need to be able to get gas. You know what? There's a lot of people in desperate need for Jesus Christ. But we don't even know it. Sometimes that, that light is on. That orange light is blinking, you guys. And we just keep on driving, not realizing we need Jesus in an intimate way in our lives. You have to recognize that. If you want to please him, be before him. Be before him. He'll speak to your heart through his word in ways like never before. And alert, it leads to the third part. To pray for strength, endurance, and patience. That's something we all need, isn't it? Strength, endurance, and patience. The strength, of course, is a spiritual strength. With the power of God's might. The Colossian Christians desperately needed that strength as they stood tall for Christ in the midst of the heresy of the Gnosticism that taught about some secret special knowledge of God that was reserved for only a select few. And it taught about how our bodies were all evil and that Christ only pretended to be human. Paul said, no. No. The truth is, Christ is fully God. Christ is fully man. That's the truth. But sadly, the heresy of Gnosticism was running rampant among the Colossian believers. It was running rampant. The believers needed endurance and patience as they trusted then in the truth of Christ and not the deception of the enemy. As the enemy was trying to deceive them so much. Today, we need strength. We need endurance. We need patience more than ever. Satan is attacking from all angles everywhere. We have to have spiritual discernment more than ever. We have to take everything before the cross of Christ and see where it lines up with Scripture. And we cannot fight each other. We can't. We must be unified if we're going to win in this spiritual battle. Don't succumb to the old cultural adage <laughs> where the world says the church, that's the place that shoots their wounded. 
That's the old adage. Instead of the church being a hospital like it should be, sometimes people view it as a place that shoots their wounded, sees somebody down, and just rips them to shreds. Let it not be. Let it never be. Instead, let us rise up, right? Let's rise up with deep love for one another. Let's recognize that endurance and patience can only be possible when we fall on our knees humbly before our God and we cry out to God and we repent of our sins and he heals our land. We Everybody wants our land to be healed, but nobody wants to repent. We have to repent of our sins. He will heal our land. Repent of the pride, the arrogance. Watch the healing take place in your own life. And that spread throughout our church, throughout our community, throughout the world. Don't buy into the modern day Gnosticism that's controlled by our feelings. The feelings to be right at all costs. The feelings of fear and anxiety. The feelings of anger and frustration. Instead, let Jesus breathe. Let Jesus breathe life into our souls where we experience his refreshing peace, his joy, thankfulness, and knowing that we are in his kingdom, a kingdom of light that's talked about in verse 12. And then may our light shine so bright in the midst of the trials of this day where we walk differently. <laughs> we talk differently. Because it's the very words of Christ speaking through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Where people see your life and they see something different. Maybe they're not even sure what it is. But they find out that person has been with Jesus. That person can love supernaturally. That person has some type of joy and peace that's inexplicable that's the power of God that's what he wants to do in all of our lives he wants to breathe his spirit into our lives leads to our life lesson today let our faith become colossal and our feelings will follow I guarantee you guys if your faith gets stronger and deeper and bigger and stronger than the feelings We'll catch up. They'll catch up. But if we let the anger, the frustration, all of the garbage of this world be in charge and be the lead, it's not going to happen. We're just going to be miserable. We honestly are. Please, let your faith, let my faith be colossal. Let's abide in Christ. He is the vine. We are the branches. Abide in him, then you will bear much fruit. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we love you so much. Lord God, I thank you for these friends here today. Lord, this is a hard world that we're living in. It's tough. But Lord, we're thankful for you. We're thank you, thankful for your holy word. We're thankful that you want to do something new and afresh in our lives, dear God. Lord, we're thankful that you want to release the power of your Holy Spirit within our hearts, that you want us to develop the fruit of the Spirit 
as we trusted you. So God, please breathe into us. Help us to walk away changed by you. Lord, help our faith to become colossal, to be huge. And then our feelings would catch up. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.